Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 731. Be as good as your word. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tim Arfons. Hey, Tim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm buckled up, but they're not tight. I usually have someone do that for me so that I make sure they're good. Okay, here we go. I'm going to yank that thing down so you stay in your seat. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Tim Arfons is the founder of Akron Turbine Group, where they design and build track dryers. Their units are unique in that they are easy to operate, self-contained, and they fit in the back of a pickup truck. Tim grew up in an automotive family, and his father, Art Arfons, is a legendary three-time land speed record holder. Tim started racing in a front-engine dragster powered by a General Electric T58 turbine engine. You're starting to get a little taste for what this guy's all about. He and his father then built the unique USS Enterprise tractor to compete in tractor-pulling contests, and they went on to win numerous events. He went on to participate in the United States Hot Rod Association Monster Truck events and then built the Green Monster Funny Car. Later came a series of exhibition vehicles, including, get ready for this, the Kamikaze Quad Runner, the Jet Jumper, a Jet Bar Stool. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm describing it. We're going to learn about that. An American Thunder Jet Jeep. Oh my gosh, Tim, you are a guy who's been there, done it all. So as we continue on this journey, rather, would you please take a moment to share a little bit more about your business, your career, and of course, your passion for being in vehicles that go really fast? Well, it's it started out, you know, being with my father's son, so it was expected of me. Uh, racing was always fun. I loved tractor pulling. The stunt part, I don't know. It was moneymaker, but I enjoyed it a little bit. It kind of wore off on me. The track dryers is, I, I mean, it's been a perfect curve. When I was getting too old to drive, the track dryer business came along, and it's something I could really excel at, use a lot of my knowledge I've gained on turbine engines over the years, and make it a go for the company. Well, it's so cool. The whole story is really, really cool. The fact that you wrapped that passion for cars and fast things into your life, and then it's come twofold and back around to be a business for you. So I'm excited to learn more about you and your business and everything you've done. But first, as we continue on this journey, I always like to start by asking for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, or those turbine wheels spinning, if you will. So, Tim, take the wheel. Well, it would be an inspirational quote, and it was from my father. He booked a lot of shows. Promoters relied on him to be there to do the deal that he said he was going to do, or if he had a sponsor to do exactly what he told him he was going to do. So what his was to me was be as good as your word. And I've lived by that. Sometimes it bites you. Recently, I had a dragster event that I'd booked at a local racetrack. It was doing it as a favor. They put me on their um, information sheets with a photo and saying that the car was going to be there. In the meantime, the Indianapolis Raceway Park called and wanted all of my jet dryers for the NASCAR event, oh. which was a major big money deal. And I, I had to turn it down. That was a factor of 10 what I was going to get paid. Sometimes even in the indoor polling with the funny cars, one promoter would offer me money. I'd accept the deal and another promoter would come with more. 
you always got to be as good as your word. If you do a contract, even a verbal one, you have to do it. Because if not, word gets around. And there's other people in my business that have they've just gone belly up because just for the quick buck, they would throw a promoter under the bus and take another show. Yeah, well, I commend you for that because uh, there's just few too many people that don't live by that motto. And you're right. It always comes back to bite you. And people begin to learn about your integrity and your passion for what you do. And they trust in you. And it's uh, refreshing to hear that as a, a mantra. So your father obviously taught you well. Great saying. Well, let's go back in time. You grew up in a family where you were pretty much destined to be around cool cars. But I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you were a young man when you realized, you know what, just like my dad, I'm a car guy? No, I knew it was from the <laughs> word go. I always, I knew I was always going to be a driver. There was no doubt in my mind. But my older brother thought the same thing. But my dad, he wanted us to learn. So it wasn't drive first. It was, you know, learn everything from the nuts and bolts up. And I mean nuts and bolts. My first job at the shop for years, my dad came from the, uh, you know, the 20s when the, things were tough. They all knew how to save money on things. So instead of buying nuts and bolts, when my dad bought old jet engines or old any kind of engines, he'd take, and I don't know if you know, there's like a thousand nuts and bolts in a, in a turbine engine. When he'd take them apart, he'd throw all the nuts and bolts in a bucket, and it was always my job to sit there and sort them out by size, by length. And I'm talking five-gallon buckets at a time of little <laughs> 1032 bolts he'd dump. Oh my and I'd God. spend hours and I, to this day, I mean, that was the worst job I ever had, but I did it. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. after that, he taught me to run mills and laves to help build the parts. He built everything for himself. Wow. And wow. Uh, I always knew I was going to be a, a driver. I did, recently had a 45th class reunion, and the one girl, she was actually my first girlfriend in second grade. She was telling everybody how in second grade I used to draw her pictures of jet engines and explain to, to her how they work. And I had totally <laughs> forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Well, you had a wonderful mentor and a father, that's for sure. And he obviously is a very smart man because to teach you from the ground up, I'm sure those lessons have come back to serve you well over time in many, many, many situations. Wonderful story. Yeah, you can't be, you could not be successful at what I'm doing if you had a shortcut that I had to have all, it was like 30 years of college. <laughs> well, that's not bad. Well, Tim, what I want to do is take a look at some of the roads you've gone down and talk about a big challenge or a huge failure that you've faced along the way. You know, you've got a career that you've chosen some paths that are pretty wild and crazy. So take us to one time that was a real, real big challenge for you. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Well, the jet jumper, would. I was thinking about that. And the jet jumper, it was one of those ideas I came up with, and I thought it was going to be a fantastic and it wasn't a failure. I mean, this it was uh, it had a three-year run indoors, which is about all you can get for an indoor monster truck series because they run like two different shows a weekend. Right. So you take it you take it to one venue the first year, another venue the second year, and then maybe repeat it the third year at the first venue, and then that's about it. You got to come up with something new. Ah. So when I built it, I was kind of committed to it for three years, and the first time I drove it, I hated the thing. Oh no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Number one, I'm afraid of heights. And the takeoff ramp was eight feet in the air. And the first time I went to the end of the ramp and was lining up the other ramp, I mean, I didn't even like standing on this end oh, of the ramp. Oh, okay. Well, tell us, what is this vehicle exactly? How can you describe that for the listeners, the jet jumper? Well, uh, motorcycle jumpers have always jumped, uh, you know, cars indoors. In the wintertime at a monster truck show, it's a filler act. So there's usually one door on a building. So they either had, well, they could, had no way to build up speed. So they had to come from the outside, jump 
jump over the cars, and then crash into boxes or foam or something to try to get stopped. Right. Well, we were looking at, you know, how do they do it in the military? They use a catapult. So we built a, our ramp actually had a 500 horsepower engine in the ramp, and the car sat on the ramp. The ramp was uh, 22 feet long, and the car would reach zero to 60 in the length of the ramp. With It was a 500-horse turbine engine. It was direct connected to this light little jet dragster. Holy cow. So you'd jump for the door. You had you know, that way. You had a, a place to go. Right. Oh my! But you gosh. never. I mean, it hit so hard. It it was. Yeah. And the car was uh, just a shade under four and a half foot wide, and the return ramp was seven foot wide. So, if you sat there and drew it on paper, it would be like going ramp to ramp over thirteen cars and try on a motorcycle and try to hit a two foot wide return ramp. Uh yeah. I. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So they had to be lined up perfect every time. You're a wild man, Tim. <laughs> well, like I said, I never liked it, and I I made it. I didn't make it to three years. I crashed it pretty bad going into the third year, and that was it. I wasn't going to rebuild it after that. You know what comes to mind? I remember watching a video of Evil Knievel. I saw him when I was a little kid jump over school buses in, uh, at Orange County Drag Strip. My dad took me there. But I remember a video of him jumping indoors and the same kind of thing. Where the bike came down, he lost it, and... There wasn't much room between the end of the ramp and this little doorway in the stadium. Right. And there was a big column right in the middle of the door. Oh, that was Chicago. That's when he crashed in the practice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, that one. That was crazy. Who thought of that? Well, you wouldn't believe some of the venues. they put. We I jumped 13 cars in a basketball arena once. Oh, my Not God. Not a full-size arena, a basketball arena. And it had a two-step. It came out the door and it went down a ramp and then there was another ramp. And I, the best shot was in the tunnel I was in because I cleared the first runway uh-huh. and hit the second one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that is wild. I cannot even imagine. But, but what that taught me was, that taught me a very critical lesson is think really hard what you build next. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Make sure you're really going to enjoy it. Wow. Well, Tim, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story that involves an aha moment in your career. It's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new idea or a new direction. So tell us what that aha moment for you was. Uh, <laughs> that's an easy one. Uh, wife and I, we were asleep. Uh, I had facilitated a, a turbine engine deal. This guy was looking for some turbine engines for a boat, and there was an intermediary. This The guy that was selling the end user of the engines had come to me to try to find them. Uh-huh. And I knew exactly what he's looking for. I located some engines. Uh, I got them purchased for him. He sent me the money to buy them. All in told, the guy made like $60,000 on the deal, wow. and he gave me an extra 1500 bucks. And that was my aha moment. <laughs> it was like, what am I? I can make more money buying and selling engines than I ever did in the motorsports part of it. Yeah. yeah. So I, from that moment on, half of what I made and my motorsports went to, instead of investing in it or putting it in the bank, buying engines. I just bought every engine I could get my hands on. Yeah. And that turned everything around. It came to where I could finance my own racing. I didn't have to take shows I didn't want to take. And I did more racing after that for fun than I did for a living because the engines were making a living for me. Well, it sounds like the takeaway there is invest in yourself. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like exactly. Wow. Wonderful story. Well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, you've been around for a while, but is there one that stands out for you? You know, of all the stuff I've done, driving, uh, winning races, being a stuntman, signing autographs, things like that, my proudest moment is when I was doing the jet dryers 
and I had done them for three or four years. I was building them for various tracks. It was the first time being contracted by uh, NASCAR to be their jets at an event, which now we're doing a lot of them. But that was like, you know, I'm not a driver or anything, but when you're out in the track and you got your own equipment out there, that, that was like, yeah, I made it. That's pretty cool. That was my... Probably my proudest moment. Yeah, that is really cool. The first time I ever saw those in action was one of the first times I went to the Indy 500, and it happened to rain that year. And at the end of the race, they had to pull the cars off, and the whole fleet of those trucks came out. And man, uh, talk about sound. (laughs) The way when they went by, it's like jets going by. Yeah, it was incredible. Well, the the drying is really boring. The fun part is during the race when you're out there uh, after uh, accidents or oil downs and you're cleaning stuff off. Yeah. Because we're the last vehicles out there, and you're out there blowing stuff off when they send a wave around cars by. So they're and they're talking to you all the time, but to get passed by a NASCAR car and like at Pocono going by at 200 mile an hour in the backstretch, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Watch your mirrors for sure. Yeah. Well, well, let's have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special car? You had some awesome cars, including race cars, but the first one that you really strapped yourself into and went, "Wow, man, this is cool." And maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle. Uh, the, it was a race one and it was Kamikaze, my jet powered four wheeler. Uh-huh. That was when I kind of got away from, that was my first venture into more of the exhibition stuff. I was tractor pulling at the time. I had the, uh, oh, the funny car for tractor pulling, which worked fine, but it was just an idea I came up with and that machine did everything. It took me all over the world. It made me a lot of money and it ran for years. I mean, there's a guy with a monster truck that owns, I'd sold it years ago. Mm -hmm. It's still in operation to this day from uh, 1986. Oh my gosh. Wow. Very, very cool. The only thing that's made money longer than that vehicle is Bob Motz's jet semi truck. Very cool. I remember the first time I went to a tractor pull, I didn't even know what it was. It was at uh, Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, Poly Royale, their annual big event the university there has. And they had tractor pulling, and the, the friends I went with, they said, let's go to the tractor pull. I'm like, what's a track? Like, a tractor pull something? What? I couldn't believe those things. In fact, I remember, I think I have a picture of me sitting inside one of the wheels of one of those, the rear wheels that are just giant. Oh, yeah, they're huge. Yeah, and huge. And uh, yeah, it was a really, it was a fun event. I thought it was great. Well, how about Sellers Remoris? Is there a vehicle you've owned and sold that you really wish you had back? Same one. Same one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ran it for years. I hired a guy. He drove it for me for a while because I built another one that we was starting to run on drag strips. Uh-huh. And he 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 was a great worker, but some people he just they want to tell you how to do things and everything, and it wasn't working out. So yeah. I just I, I sold them both. I said I'm moving on to something else. Yeah. And I'm sorry I did. And actually, when when I thought, think about it, the guy that owns it right now, one of these days, I'm going to call him and buy it back just to sit in my garage. But yeah. I wish I'd have kept that one because that was the vehicle that defined me. Well, I hope you get that back. How about what's happening today? What are you doing right now that has you really excited and fired up? Oh, I'm coming out with a new type of dryer for NASCAR and just trying to get all the bugs worked out of it. We took it down for uh, just before Daytona and uh, debuted it for them, did some demonstrations. It's going to be at a couple of road courses this summer. But the old older jet dryers are, it's getting hard to get the big engines anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out ways to make them last longer. So we've come up to this kind of like almost like a mini jet blower that they can use when time's not of a, a problem. Because a lot of the tracks, you know, they're open year round for testing and for club races, things like that. Right. And instead of having to run the big jet, they could run the small jet to, so that they don't put the hours on the big one. So I'm kind of excited about coming up with something that's going to help them longevity wise of their other jets. 
Tell our listeners, what kind of uh, air volume are you pushing out of these jets when you're driving around and drying off a track? We don't run them near full power like on the drag strip. On the drag strip, meaning like in a jet car. Yeah. But they're still moving probably, oh, everything we do is in pounds of air per second, so you'd have to multiply it by 13. But you're talking about, oh, 25 pounds of air a second, which... 400-mile-an-hour wind out of a uh, 24-inch diameter opening. Oh, so it's, it's a lot of air. <laughs> That's a tornado, man. That's bigger than a tornado. Well, you've got to be careful when the cars go by you because there was one of the uh, jet operators in Texas that actually uh, screwed up the hood on some of the cars on the pace lap last year. Oh, yeah, Bloom. Well, you know, I've seen uh, videos of where those they put a car behind a uh, a big 747 and fire up the jets, and it just blows the whole car right away. Just Picks it up. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not using quite that big an engine, right. but you could still damage the car or blow something in and, you know, hurt the driver. So you got to be careful when the cars go by. I can only imagine. Wow. It's incredible. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Tim. If you were a car, what kind of car would Tim be and why? <laughs> it wouldn't be anything fancy. I've worked hard my entire life and I'm still working. So I've worked a long time. So I'd probably have to say a Ford F 150. <laughs> Just a standard, reliable pickup truck that gets the job done. You got it. That that would be me. Nothing fancy. Okay. Well, I appreciate the honesty in that answer, although I was kind of hoping for something wild and crazy with all the vehicles you've built and driven and so forth. You're a nice, humble guy, so I appreciate that. No, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, Tim, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. 
Okay, Tim, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions. I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Okay, this is going to take a little bit longer than a second, but I had a school bus that I towed my tractor in, had a 304 International engine. Yeah. We lost a piston going into St. Louis. I had to rebuild the engine and the parking lot of the arena. We got a piston. Someone picked it up for us. We got a valve job. We had to right side head off, put it all back together. I called my friend at International Harvester Dealer. I said, is there anything else I should know? And he goes, yeah. He goes, was the valve broke? And I says, yeah. He goes, that piece of valve is on the left-hand bank of the engine. He goes, it's, if you start the engine, you're going to break everything again. Oh, no. Oh. So we tore it all back apart. There was a valve right where he told me it would be. Oh, nice phone call. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so he saved me. Yeah. If only you made the phone call beforehand, but that's still. He's... I know. I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> but he saves you from a huge, bigger headache, so. Wow. Yes, he did. Very nice. Well, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Hard work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, working whenever I had to. Uh, my wife and I are one of our first, our, actually our first New Year's Eve together. We were at a really nice hotel. Uh, they had a free breakfast, which she was looking forward to. I got up at 730 in the morning, drove her home, told her I had to get back to work. and I had a show coming up. <laughs> So whatever it's been, it's yes, whatever has to get done, I don't care what it is, you, especially when you're self-employed, you got to work when you have to work. Absolutely. I understand. Well, I know your wife, Sherry. She's been uh, very helpful to me with getting some guests here on the show. So uh, uh, she's a patient lady, that's for sure, just like my wife is. Do you have any resources that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, it, the age of the Internet has changed everything, so... That's the that is my resource now is the yeah, internet. Yeah, uh, I used to know people, so you'd have a, your little group of people would tell you where stuff was. Now people put it on the internet; they know where it's at. Yeah. The only my only advantage now though is being more knowledgeable about what those engines are and what to look for, uh, who's selling it. Sometimes I mean, there's a lot of people out there selling junk, and mm-hmm. and I can pick it out pretty quick. But as far as a resource, yeah, the Internet, uh, it's changed everything. Oh, it's incredible. It's a new industrial revolution. Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do this without the Internet, of course, talk with people all over the world and share their stories with the listeners. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Oh, boy, I think I've (laughs) – who would it be? Yeah. My dad. Oh, there you go. Wow. Okay. He's gone, so yeah, that would be who I'd want to have a drink with. Uh, nice answer. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, that's... <laughs> no, that's a great answer. I understand completely. Yep. This is a huge part of your life, so very nice. Would you share a book with our listeners that you've read that you think they should crack open and read as well? Yeah, because my dad's a great story. It would be Man Against Assault by Harvey Shapiro. It's an older book, uh-huh. and that was a great book. And another guy, uh, can I give you two? Of course. Speed Duel. Uh, it's by uh, Sam Holly. Okay. And it chronicles the the jet war at Bonneville between my dad and Breedlove. Oh, fun. They're both very good books. Awesome. I appreciate that. Well, listeners, you can find these great resources Tim has shared on his show notes page at carsyacom slash Tim Arfons. His last name is A-R-F-O-N-S. And there's another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where these two books and books from the past 730 guests here on Cars Yard are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's awesome resource. Hundreds and hundreds of wonderful books recommended by the wonderful guests I've had here on Cars Yard, including Tim. All right, Tim, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. 
If you could have only one very cool collector car or vintage race car in your garage, money's no object. I'll buy you anything in the world you'd like today. What would it be and why? Oh, I think that that one for me is is real simple. 1964 Chrysler turbine car. Nice, nice. Well, what is it about that car? Obviously, the turbine part of it is the key word here for you, but what do you love about that car? That car just looked so cool. Do you know the car? I do. I, I believe it's the same yep. car I've seen on the lawn at Pebble Beach. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, Jay Leno has one. There's nine of them left in the world. Okay. Because that was the age when I when my dad was, I mean, it, my dad was setting the records in 64. I went and saw the car. I loved turbine. The car just looked, so, it still looks cool to this day. It was just a neat looking car. Yeah, yeah. When they drove that on the lawn, I was with my son and he turned his head. He goes, what is that? You know, the sound and everything. And I had a guest on the show that was living in Detroit as a little boy. And one of those went down the street one day. And he just. Well, they loaned them out to yeah. normal people. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. He said a neighbor had brought one home and all, he and all the kids and everyone went running down to look at this thing in the guy's garage. And yeah, that was the car for him too. So, well, very did, nice. Did you ever see the movie? Do you ever see the movie The Lively Set? No, I haven't. That car is featured in that movie. It's about a guy that builds turbine powered race cars. It was from, it's a, and the guy was, uh, was it, uh, Pamela Tiffins in it and Bobby Darren starred in it. Okay. Now, what's the title again? The Lively Set. The Lively Set. Okay, good. We'll have yep. to find a link to that so we can put that on your show notes page and link people to that movie, including me, so we can uh, take a peek at it and see what it's all about. Yeah, it's great. And it features a, it features the Chrysler Turbine car in a race against other cars in a uh, cross-country race. It was really neat. Nice. Very cool. Well, Tim, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Chrysler turbine car? <laughs> yeah, and today it's hard to do. What, I grew up in the golden age with uh, surplus, surplus sales, things like that, where you could find equipment. It's not like that anymore. Uh, don't try to do it. Like a stuntman would say, don't try to do this at home. But <laughs> yeah. it, it's tough to do that business now. That would be my words of wisdom. I've seen too many guys fail at this. I mean, I've been lucky. A lot of cards have fell my way. Uh -huh. The name has helped me a lot. So, yeah, it's tough. Go to school. <laughs> go to school. Yeah, learn learn, and go to school for sure and find your passion. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're doing in your business, your blower business? The website is AkronTurbanGroup.com. Okay. And we're just at, it's a few years old right now. Uh, in the next year or so, we're going to, actually this year, It'll be updated with some of the newer equipment. Nice. But uh, the jets we're using right now at the racetracks are featured on there. So okay. the stuff we've got under construction right now will be on there shortly. Absolutely cool. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Tim has shared on his show notes page at carsyacom slash Tim Arfons. Just type Tim in the search bar and you'll see what's going on there. And I'm sure you'll see his trucks at some of the racetracks around the country. And check out his website, see what he's up to. And uh, I'm sure there's some archival stuff I'll put some pictures up about some of these uh, crazy things that Tim has driven in the past, like the uh, bar stool. Oh, my gosh. Crazy, crazy guy here. Well, Tim, thanks for being That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I saw that picture. Your wife sent me that, and I went, wait a minute. Wait, is this what I think it is? What? It's still, I, that's one of the few vehicles I saved. It sits in my office. I, I love that thing. <laughs> oh, you're a wild man, Tim. Well, thanks for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your amazing experiences with me and the Cars Y'all listeners. 
Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.